0: Check, check. There we go. We're on. Man, it is, I I love this time of year. Um, I mean, even without the the trees and and all of that stuff and and the gifts, like, I love the ability just to to celebrate the incarnational coming of Jesus. Like, it's it's a big deal, and that's a big word, but that just means God put on skin and dwelt among us, and it's something worthy of celebration. We should do it all year, but at this time of year, it's just easy, and it's fun, and people bring their parents. So if you're a parent of a child or a grandparent of a child, man, we're glad you're here. Thank you uh, for being our guest today. Uh, we're not going to call you a visitor, we're going to call you a guest. We'd rather honor you and, and just uh, and say thanks for being here. A um, couple quick things before we, before we kind of jump in, and, and I'll, I'm going to give it away. We're going to tell the Christmas story today, um, and we're going to tell it again next week. Um, but Christmas came early for Origins. Uh, in last year, let's see, the end of, it, it's kind of all a blur. When we found out we were losing the old cigar warehouse, um, kind of, uh, yeah, just out of the blue, we were like, oh boy, um, what do we do? Because believe it or not, in 29601, there's not an abundance of space in which we can gather and worship. And so uh, we had a couple ideas. We were like, we got kind of three options. You know, we could buy a space, and we were like, there's a lot of zeros attached to that, and we don't know if we would be great stewards of what God has given us to spend that many zeros on a space that we would only use part of it once a week, and we'd use a very small part of it, you know, the rest of the week. Or we could rent a space like this and and then kind of hold our breath. Until we find like an alternate space too, like a secondary kind of a space. And so uh, that secondary space we desired so that we could have like a small group right around here. So that we could have a place to drop your kids off for parents' night out. A place for just like the band to show up and practice, which seems small, but it's a big deal. Instead of using someone's bonus room or their garage where you might have sleeping kids or something like that below you. Uh, A place to say, hey, teachers at a local school that we serve and love, would you like to come and have breakfast on us once a month? And we'll provide the space and we'll provide the food. All you need to do is show up. Uh, A place for like a recovery group for people that are struggling with addiction that they could meet and hear about the love of Jesus that can conquer all things, even addiction. Uh, You know, the list is long. And this week we signed a lease on a space that we can do those things in. And so we are super excited, like crazy. Like in 13 years, we've never had a place that we can open the door and close the door and have our name hanging on the door. And it's not about our name hanging on the door, but it's about what God can do in a space and we're super excited. It's right down the street, right, out of, right off of Vardry Street. You can walk out the door, and you can see where some of our people live from there. Not going to call out any names. But you can also see Greenville High School right from the door, which is pretty crazy. And Greenville High School is a school that we feel responsible for, and we want to love them and serve the teachers and the students well there. Um, and so after worship today, if anybody wants to go and see the before of the space, you're more than welcome to come and take a peek. Um, it's right across from the bariatric clinic. It's 4:13. Uh, Vardrey Street, Suite Number 7 is the very first one in that area. If you want to come and look at it, what it looks like now, uh, you may want to, because it's not going to look like that for long. We've got a lot of walls to tear out, a ceiling to rip out, a lot of flooring to rip out, a lot of stuff to do before we can make it our own. Um, But then after that, I look forward to men's breakfast there, women's breakfast there, weekly prayer time, which we actually have a space to do that, Uh, you know, a little bit of conference space, things like that. Uh, I look forward to having our youth, which is growing from within, meet there, and eat pizza, and stay up way too late, and, you know, all of those things that we want to do for the people of Origins, but also for the people of this city. Uh, we're super excited. So thank you guys for being generous, making that possible. Um, I will go ahead and thank you in advance for all the dirt that you're going to get on you as you work and labor to help us make the space what we need it to be. Uh, there will be a lot of that, and uh, we will put out the bat signal, and... Uh, Except when we shine it in the sky, it's an hourglass and not a bat, which is kind of cool. Um, we don't have one of those. But maybe we could work that into the budget. I don't know. That would be kind of neat. Um, but, yeah, when it comes time to rip out walls, rip up flooring, uh, rip out insulation, and add stuff back, we're going to ask for help. And so thank you guys for being a part of that. So, yeah, after worship, if you want to go and take a peek, I'll open it up, and you can look around. It's not much to look at yet, um, but we're going we're gonna to make it our own. So, that being said, today is the week before Christmas, and man, we're going to talk about that Christmas story. We've already seen it on display, like probably three years condensed into about, you know, 85 seconds, which is great. Um, but we're going we're gonna to walk through. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 2. If you're looking for the Christmas story in the Bible, you'll see kind of a, a summary in Matthew, but the bulk of what we generally use to know about the Christmas story occurs in Luke Uh, The most details, but Matthew tosses in some neat details as well, but we're going to look at Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 today. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump in and read the story and just kind of talk about some things in there and uh, see how it points us today. God, we love you. Thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for Jesus who did come and who put on skin and came in such, um, such an amazing way, but such a quiet and humble way too that just echoed for millennia. And we'll echo for eternity the way that he came, the way that he lived, uh, the way that he loved, uh, the way that he taught, the way he healed, the way he conquered death by laying down his own life. Um, God, I thank you so much for Jesus. Today I pray that we, we look at uh, the things that occurred well, uh, we ask good questions, and Father, we pray that you answer them for us. Uh, we love you, and it's in your Son's perfect name that we pray. Amen. So starting in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. I always like to say he was great with child. But anyway, same thing. Um... And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end, We'll continue on with verse 8 in just a minute. So, you know, just a, a very simple story is how it starts of... You know, and it, but we know it's not simple at all based upon what we read about last week like it was pretty crazy everything that occurred before this like angels appearing to people saying hey you shouldn't be able to have a child but you're going to have a child and that child is going to be a messenger of the one that we've been waiting for like an old lady having a kid shouldn't happen and then another angel appears to another young lady and says you have found favor with God that in and of itself is pretty amazing especially in this generation and our generation even equally amazing but to say you have found favor with God and because of that favor and because of God God's favor towards all of humanity, uh, you are going to bear the Son of God. And it's going to be unnatural, it's going to be crazy, it's going to be supernatural, and as a result of His coming that will show the love for all the world, He will also provide hope, peace, joy, love, and salvation. And you're going to bring Him into the world. Shouldn't happen, completely unlikely, completely abnormal, completely unique in all of history, but it's going to happen. And remember, we talked about that one phrase last week that I said, I I have two in the whole Christmas story, two phrases that kind of jump out and stick with me. Last week, it was Mary and her uh, just kind of confession of, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be as you have said. And then this week, there's another line in there, also about Mary, not from Mary, but it's the other line that sticks out, but we'll get to that in a minute. And then the simple story today that is also very rich and very complex, it was just Joseph who was pledged to be married to this woman who was now carrying a child that was not his own, chose to stay with her, stick with her. He was about to put her out, but according to Matthew, an angel appeared to him, too, and said, don't do it. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's, it's God's child, which, uh, you know, apparently Joseph was like, well, okay. But I, if I heard it, I'd be like, <laughs> what? But anyway, somewhere in them, the peace of God spoke through that angel to Joseph and said, no, don't, don't put her out. Don't put her out. Even if you're going to do it nicely, don't. don't. Stay with her. It's God's child. Just wait and see. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to be the Savior of the world. And so they did. And so there was a a census that was being taken of all the world, of the Roman world at this particular time. And it says, so Joseph went to his place of origin. He went to the city of bread or Bethlehem to be registered. And with him, he took his wife or wife-to-be who was great With child, the reason I say great with child, because the very next line, she's not just with child, but she's having a baby. Like, she's great with child. Like, those final days, I remember those final days, like watching my wife change before my eyes, the miraculous nature of what childbirth is, God's way of creating us and preparing the body to do all of those miraculous things. Like, that's where she was. And great with child. And then, you know, the story that we hear like, they go to the inn and knock on the door, no room for you here. You know, kind of a thing. There's really not that many lines there. It's just like they couldn't find a place to stay. And so they gave birth in a manger or a stall somewhere. Maybe it was a cave. Maybe it was someone's living room. Maybe it was a barn. Either way, it wasn't a place where babies were normally born. But this is where they gave birth, a place where livestock was, a place where livestock ate, a place where livestock generally slept and was born. This is where the Savior of the world was born. And so a simple but rich and complex story. And then the rest of it. The rest of it, which speaks great volumes, starting in verse 8. And it says, And in the same region or the same area there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, here's that second line for me. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. We'll get to that. And the shepherds returned, glorifying praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Again, none of this is normal. Like, this is not how it happens. Like, if you've had a baby um, or you've been around somebody that had a baby, you know this this is not the norm. Like, this is not our everyday deal. And and babies, having babies is kind of an everyday deal. I remember when we uh, were pregnant with our first child, our our OB said, look, you're not sick. You're just pregnant. People do this every day. And they do. And he was like, a lot of people do it without doctors. Like, some parts of the world, I mean, he even went very far to say some parts of the world, somebody would have a baby in a rice paddy, put it on their back, and go back to work. So, a very normal everyday thing to have a baby. But this was not normal. This was completely out of the ordinary, completely out of the realm of human possibility, completely other than, more than just unique. This was once in history, for all of history, for all of mankind, before, during, and after. And even the way that it was announced, not normal, not mundane, not something that we can just read and be like, yeah, that was really, that was really fun. No, it's it's crazy. A couple of things, like last week we talked about the fact that it was just this young girl that found favor with God, ordinary by any other definition. God chose her. An angel appeared to her in her bedroom. You know, that's not normal. The things that he said to her, not normal. The fact that she was giving birth to the Son of God, not normal. This week is no exception. These things are very abnormal and odd too. This week it kind of starts with, uh, again, like we read these two passages together and we might think that it's normal for angels just to appear to people. It's not. Very rare in Scripture. Even all of these pages, it only happens a handful of times in which an angel appears. And normally, like, it's, it's to mark something very, very impressive for a messenger with wings and bright lights to come and announce something that's about to happen, and it happened here. Like, these were shepherds just out in the middle of a field watching their flocks, and it says an angel appears to them. And, of course, the shepherds, their very first reaction is fear and trembling, Again, we think, hey, angels, you know, that's pretty cool. No, every time in Scripture when someone sees an angel, they're like, I'm about to die. Here we go. Just go ahead, dig the hole, put me in it. It's coming. Because the very first thing that the angels say is, hey, don't be afraid. I know you're scared to death. I, I can hear your teeth. I can see your knees. You're scared. Don't, don't be. Don't be afraid. So in this case, shepherds in the middle of a field, out there, angels' appearance they were just watching their sheep. Like, I mean, just like imagine for a minute. Again, we read over it. We hear the story. We read it in our, our storybooks maybe on Christmas morning. I would encourage you to do that with your kids. But we just kind of read over it. But just think, like, you're out in the middle of a field. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in pitch black. But like, imagine like camping scenarios where you're in, the, you're in the Blue Ridge Mountains middle of night away from all lights, away from all things. The only thing you have are the stars, the coyotes in the background because they're in the Blue Ridge Mountains now. But either way, and then all of a sudden, like, boom, an angel appears out of nowhere. You're going to flip your mess. Like, that's not normal. You're going to think you're about to die. You're going to think the world's coming to an end. Life is over for you, as you know it. Not normal, just like standing there. He didn't announce himself. He didn't do anything. Just bam, appeared. Not normal. Out of the ordinary. Like, I would be scared to death myself. Like, I would, you know, leave a Matthew-sized shape right through my tent, you know, just like in Tom and Jerry, something like that. Like, that would be me. And That doesn't happen. I've tried. But either way, like, just completely abnormal. So the first thing was weird, just the first thing that was crazy, first thing that's amazing is the angel's appearance. The second thing, like we we read over this and we forget, like the angel came and he announced himself and announced this plan and announced all of this to shepherds, like shepherds. Like that might not seem odd to you, but it should. If we know anything, like shepherds, they're generally not the best messengers. These would not be our first pick. Like shepherds, these were more than working class. These were generally the people that if you saw them walking down the street, you would avoid. Because they were probably shepherds because they couldn't get any other job. Or they didn't want another job. They, they weren't the highest achievers. You know, they weren't the people that you would, a lady that would date one and be like, I'm so excited for my parents to meet this shepherd guy that I've been dating. That's not what shepherds were. Like, shepherds were the people that, you know, people ask, what do they do for a living? And you're like, well, you know, he, he does stuff. He works with animals. Is he a trainer? Is he a breeder? Does he, does he have livestock? Does he own a bunch of flocks? Eh, I mean... He's a shepherd. You know, it'd be like that. Like, shepherds were not popular people. But the angel appears to shepherds. He didn't appear to kings. He didn't appear to royalty. He didn't appear to, like, the town, the governor. He, he didn't appear to Herod. No, he, he appeared to shepherds. It's pretty crazy, pretty miraculous. And why should... Like, why? Like, that's, that's one of my questions. Like, why? And I think I have an answer, but just... If he could give a message to shepherds and they could give that message to somebody else, I feel like he could use anybody. Like, because they're... They're kind of at the bottom of the food chain. But he chose chose shepherds. Dirty, lowly, could have appeared to anybody. But he chose shepherds. And then we keep reading and and other things happen. Like, yes, they appear to the shepherds. He's like, don't be afraid. He gives them a message, which we'll get to in just a second. But, But even after that message, like we just kind of read over the fact that it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he's well pleased. And so you've got shepherds standing in the middle of the field, in the middle of the night, O dark thirty, angel appears, boom, out of nowhere, scares them to death, do not be afraid, I bring a message to you, but then after that message, there's like a multitude of angels. Like, multitude, in this word, is is plethos, the Greek, we see it occur like 25 times in scripture, and it always means, do you know what it always means? A lot, a lot. Like in some, in some occurrences, like a multitude that we talk about frequently is when Jesus fed the 5,000 plus maybe another 10,000. So like that could be like 15,000. You know, a lot of other times it was just saying there was a multitude following Jesus or a lot of people. In 1 Peter 4.8, it says, love covers a multitude of sins. Same exact word right there. Think about all the sins that you have committed, all the sins that the world has committed. That's what Christ's love covers. That's a multitude. And so we've got these shepherds standing in the middle of a field, dirty, rotten, scoundrels of men, being spoken to by an angel, and then all of a sudden there's this out-of-nowhere concert by a multitude of angels. Not normal. This is the kind of stuff that on any given day, it should break creation. Creation wasn't meant to handle these types of things. But God made it so. A multitude of angels. And and it says that they were saying, but it's very likely that they were singing. And they were just saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Crazy. Not normal. Out of the ordinary. But then we go backwards just a little bit to the next out of the ordinary thing. It says, and the angel appears to them, and in verse 10 it says, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold or look, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He's not bringing them a sentence unto death. He's not bringing them judgment. He's not bringing them... um, a story that's telling them how their world is going to end. He says, I bring you good news of great joy, not just for a few, but for all the people. And we talk about a lot, like the Greek word for all, it it means all, all the people. And so that's kind of the description of the news that he brings, but then he, he gives them kind of a definition of that. He says, and this is the good news of great joy, for unto you... Is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord? Not just good news, not just really good news, but like the best news. Because the, the Messiah that all of the creation has been waiting on, He was born today. He was born today. The Christ or the Christos, meaning Messiah or Deliverer. Like that one that your prophets have been talking about for thousands of years at this point. And even 700 years previous, very specifically in terms of Isaiah, like that one, he was born today. Exactly where he was prophesied to be born, exactly how he was prophesied to be born, and to whom he was prophesied to be born to. That one. He was born. A Savior was born to you. And, and not just Christ, but Christ the Lord, the Kyrios, like the master so he's not just a savior but he's also going to be that one that can direct our paths direct our life direct our hope our peace our love all of those things that we celebrate that's who was born and it's good news of great joy for all people like it's an unusual message it's a message that was only proclaimed once and will only be proclaimed once in all of human history that's why we celebrate. And he also says, uh, according to the other multitude, like that many, many, a lot of angels that were singing, not only is a Savior born, not only is this, this Christos, your deliverer here, not only is your Lord, your Kyrios, your master come, but peace is coming too. Peace. Like the conflict that we have had since birth, this, our desire to do good, but our inability to do it, the the reckless nature that lives in us as a result of us being man but wanting to do God's good and us being incapable of doing that, their pronouncement is peace is coming. Peace is coming. The tug of war may still exist, but ultimately peace will reign and there will no longer be a conflict between what I want to do and what I'm incapable of doing because Christ is going to make it possible. Peace among those with whom he is pleased or those whom he loves So it's unusual. Here's the last kind of unusual thing about all of this. I think the shepherd's response is pretty odd. It's pretty odd. Because like for us, I I think about what happens when we're given really, really good news, like unmerited favor kind of news. Like most of the time we ask like, why me? What do I do with this? How did this happen? (laughs) You know, like, why me? What do I do? Uh, How did this happen kind of a thing? Like, or are, are you sure? Are you sure? I need more details. Like, when we're given the best news, most of the time we just don't, like, take it and run. We're just like, uh, I, gotta, I need to know a little more. Need to know a little more. But it says that these guys, and they weren't even told to do so. Like, that's one thing that we kind of miss when we see this. Like, yes, an angel appears to them. Do not be afraid. I bring you great news of great joy. and uh, It's going to be for all the people. For unto you this day, unto you shepherds and all people, unto you, you dirty, rotten, scoundrel shepherds, like unto you today is born the Christos, you Kyrios. He is here now, and it's good for everybody. And peace is coming. Like, they didn't ask for any explanations. They didn't ask for any direction. It said, hey, uh, let's go and see. They just went. They just went. They took off. And they weren't told to. And you're like, well, maybe it was implied. Maybe it was implied. But either way, we don't see them say, now go and see. It just says, hey, this, this, is, you know, this is what happened. And it said, we got to go and see. And so they go and they see and they find Mary and they find Joseph and they just began to tell them everything. Everything. They began to affirm and confirm everything that Mary and Joseph had heard from the angels. And imagine, imagine for Mary and Joseph. Because at this point, there had been no fanfare. Like they had told Mary, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. He is going to redeem the world. And guess what happens? Mary has a baby in a feeding trough. Like at this point, before the shepherds got there, and unto now, I'm sure she was beaming. I'm sure she was very happy. But imagine Mary, the same Mary that had just said, just the last passage of like, yes, uh, I am the servant of the most high let it be according to what you have said yes but imagine just in this moment like in the the craziness of childbirth and you don't really have a great place to go like imagine her heart overjoyed but then imagine you have these dudes come in who shouldn't be there who don't know you they don't know where you should be they know nothing about you they don't they don't know your name they don't know your hairstyle they don't know your social security number and they just come in they're gonna be like hey it's him He's wrapped in swaddling clothes just like we were told. That's the Savior of the world, right there. Mary, Joseph, how are you doing? Like, imagine her heart to have affirmation and confirmation of everything that they were told by angels. And imagine the dad, Joseph, just sitting there, even knowing that this is not my son, but it is my son, to hear these rapscallion, roughneck guys come in and just say, It's him. He's here. Everything you heard, we heard. And it happened. Shepherds. Rotten, dirty, (laughs) no good shepherds. There's Jesus. There's the Christ right there. Affirmation and confirmation from God can come from so many places, but imagine Mary and Joseph in this minute, in this moment, basking in a new child, basking in new life, being so grateful that they at least found a trough to put the baby in. (laughs) And shepherds show up. Of all people, it was probably the best news they heard all day long. All day. The unlikeliest of messengers with the most amazing news. Go and see the Savior of the world all while affirming and confirming everything Mary and Joseph had been told but was now coming true. That's the Christmas story. Right there. And that's why it has to be told. Because it's not normal. It's far beyond out of ordinary. And we must hear it. We must believe it. We must see it for what it is. That it is miraculous, life-giving, life-altering, eternity-shaping good news. And it's for all the people to hear all people to hear. I love it that the first people that told the story were shepherds. The first people that tell the story were shepherds. They weren't weren't well educated. They probably weren't well dressed. They probably weren't well liked. But they had an amazing story. And the reason I believe that God gave the shepherds the responsibility is it kind of places some very heavy responsibility on every one of us because we all know if they can do it, we can do it. If they can tell an amazing story, we can tell an amazing story. And we actually get to add a little more information to it. We actually get to add, like, this Christ that came as a child and and lived a life that I couldn't live, that died a death that I should have died, that conquered death because I could not as a result of Him. This is who I am now. We get to add to the story because God's added ours. And we can do it with the same fervor and the same zeal as they did, but probably with more baths. They didn't bathe very often. Same story. Same Jesus. Same miracle, but we've now been brought into it. For unto you, unto me, unto we, this day was born in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. Mm. It's amazing such a good story and it's so real but then all of this like even in Mary's just elation and confusion and just like the fog of childbirth which I imagine is real because it is like war like I remember like you know I remember I was like wow my wife is a soldier and she is a warrior and that was pretty amazing like Mary just went through that right there but without an epidural And pretty amazing, like the queen of natural childbirth, um, like she just went through all of that. And then to have the shepherds walk in and say all of these things, and even though she knew it was going to happen, because we talked about this already today, that song, Mary, did you know? I'm not telling you to take it off your playlist, but I think she did. But anyway, like to have it affirmed by these guys, and for everyone, it says that everyone that heard it, because there was a crowd apparently at this point, it says that a lot of them, they, they wondered about the thing that they had just heard. It didn't say they... Uh, they were amazed by it, but it says they wondered. It, and most likely, a lot of people were sitting around thinking, I don't think that's possible. I don't think you saw what you just said you saw. But it says Mary, on the other hand, it said that she took captive these things. She treasured them like they were valuable, and she put them away in her heart so that she could dwell on them or ponder them. Mary's response was like, this news is so good, I just got to hold on to it. I've got to treasure it. I've got to sit on it and just let it stay. Doesn't mean that she didn't speak of it, but it meant that it was so valuable that she just wanted to hold on to every single word, every single word and pile it away in her heart so that she could think on it forever. Like, The implications of this story are far beyond literature They're far beyond just verbal transcendence. They they have the ability to change someone's eternity. Therefore, they should be treasured. We should ponder them in our hearts and think about the weight and the gravity of the fact that God, in order to redeem mankind, had to be mankind, but had to do it better, had to do it best, endured, conquered and let us, to victory, treasure those words. Let those words indwell in us, and inhabit us to the point that we think about them, we dwell on them. And then they get out more than just at Christmas. So maybe today you're convictionally like Mary. You hear the story and you're like, "I just wow, I want to hold on to that. I want to treasure those words. Maybe you're like the shepherds. Maybe, maybe they, you've never thought in like eternity terms of what this day, this event, this thing represents. And in you, there's a desire. I got. I just need to talk about it. I need to go tell somebody. I, I need to go. I, ah, Savior of the world, born. Yep, got to do it. Got to talk about it. Maybe that's you. Maybe we're a little bit of both. Maybe we have this this thing in us that says, "Yes, I need to treasure this." But yes, I want to ponder on it. But yes. I need to talk about it. I think that's probably the best place for us to be. A little bit of both. A little bit of Shepherd. A little bit of Mary. A whole lot of excited. A whole lot of joy. Because he realized he came for me. He came for you. He came for us. If we just believe, if we just believe that this was not just a baby, not just a good moral man, not just a great teacher. But this was, in fact, the Son of God who came so that we could know God, be known by God, and make God known if we just believe. If we just believe. It's an unbelievable story. And I think that makes it all the better. (laughs) Because like, believable stories, they're good. But everybody's got those. But Jesus, on the other hand completely out of the ordinary, completely other than, completely different, completely unique, and that's exactly what we needed. Unique. Only Him. Only Jesus. I encourage you and your families over the next week, uh, enjoy Christmas. Enjoy it like crazy. Have as much eggnog as you can handle. Um, Open as many presents as you want. Recycle the paper if you can. But man, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy Jesus. Tell the story. Make sure your kids know. Like parents, please take every opportunity. Make sure your children know what we're celebrating and why we celebrate it. Like so overabundantly. Invite your neighbors in. Invite your in-laws in. Even your in-laws. Invite them in. Let them hear the story. And, and I'll tell you, like if, if you struggle how to tell the story we're going to tell it next Sunday, and you can invite them here. Um, There won't be any sound. There won't be, we may have screens up. We may have that. We're going to have familiar Christmas songs. We're going to have familiar Christmas story. We're going to tell the story, and then as a family, we're going to take communion to celebrate the fact that Jesus not only came, not only did he live, but he died and he's coming back, and so we're going to do that as a family next week at 10 o'clock, and again, if you have decent pajamas, you can wear them. Uh, If your kids Even have remotely good pajamas. They can wear them. But if you want to put on jeans, you can do that too. Uh, Christmas hats are acceptable. Uh, We would love to see you next Sunday. We're going to do one more song, um, have some announcements, and then we'll be out today. Thank you guys for being here. God, we love you. We thank you so much for Jesus who came in the way that he did, for the reason that he did, for the people that he came to save. And thank you that we're included amongst them. God, thank you that those words ring true for unto you directed at every one of us to this day is born a Savior, Christ the Lord. God, thank you that we fit into that you, that that was for us, if we just believe. Father, I pray over the next week or more, God, as long as we can have this opportunity to celebrate well, I pray that we celebrate Jesus above everything else, the fact that he came. Um, and God, we know that we don't deserve it. We're not worthy of the life, the words, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. But you love us so much that you want to make us worthy. So God, for that, we're eternally grateful. I pray we would celebrate well. I pray we would remember well. And God, I pray you'd be glorified in the way that we do. Let us speak well of you. Let us think well of you. Um, And God, let us make your name known. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.